Hey everybody, welcome to a conversation on the book of John. Today we're talking about knowing God. Welcome back. What are you drinking, Scott? It looks like leftover chocolate water. <laughs> or like when you clear out a rusty old pipe, it looks like rust water. He finishes mocha and then it just uh, <laughs> the, the ice just yeah. melted. Yeah. It's espresso tonic. Oh, He's been drinking those a lot. That's not what I would have guessed. See, I would never think Scott would like an espresso tonic. Yeah. Why are you typecasting me? What do you what do you think I want? You think I want like dirty dishwater or <laughs> You're the one that drinks Americanos every day. Not every day, but that's that's something I found during the pandemic. Yeah. When you wouldn't brew a pot of coffee anymore. <laughs> What's the worst coffee habit or ritual that you did daily or worst? A lot. And then now looking back, you're like, wow, this is the worst. Worst thing I, ever I remember did. when we lived in Texas on Sundays I'd have a cup of coffee like during Sunday school hour. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah. Do you have those? There's like a Christian instruction hour. Yeah. Sunday school hour. Yeah. Somehow they're different. <clears throat> I don't know. But you would I would go and I'd put about a little over a quarter inch of of the French vanilla creamer in the bottom oh, yeah. of an eight ounce styrofoam cup. Yeah. You and my mom are the same person. <laughs> <laughs> in college, I would go to the gas station near my house every morning and just do the pumps of vanilla. Yep. Because it was like 90 cents for like a any cup, 30 ounce. Any size. Yeah. yeah. I think you could bring in your own size. Yeah. And me and my buddy oh, got gosh. Zach's Costco size. <laughs> I forgot that they did the like 48 ounce plastic coffee mugs. They had the big old handle on yeah. them. Oh, I think they're the 64. Like, <laughs> yeah. <boys. laughs> yeah. We used to worst. fill them up with like slushies. Yeah. yeah. I think about, when was the last time you had a gas station cappuccino? You know, the one that goes... The, the powder machine? Yeah. Mm, that's a good question. I can't tell you. Probably be about it. Maybe not a decade ago. I don't know. I was driving across the country and I thought, eh, I used to like it, these. The worst is the moment you go, it can't be as bad as I... Yeah. Right. Remember. Right. No, I, I I thought, it, if it's ten percent as good as I used to think it was, it'll be okay. Oh People God. drink these every day. I, <laughs> I just oh. took one sip and I just. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's kind of like if you would lick. Yeah, sugar and, I don't know. It's like if you'd pulverize the inside of a butterfinger. Yeah. And put it into a but, drink. But like worse, if you yeah. just like soaked it in water for a little bit. <laughs> and Soggy. Then took that water and heated it up. Yeah. Yeah. The I still think no matter what you have, what coffee you drink, the most offensive is the stale flavor. Yeah. It's not That's what flavor. all bad coffee has in common is the stale. Uh yeah. Stale and uh over extracted, so it just where you can see the bottom of your styrofoam cup. Where it's not very strong, but it's extremely bitter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I have an AeroPress that I've had for many years, and we lived in Virginia, and we didn't, we didn't make a lot of money at all. I wanted coffee every day, but so you'd use the same beans twice. No. You no. still don't make very much money. No, I still don't make very much, but it's crazy to think how much less we made in Virginia, and <laughs> it's I couldn't buy from our local coffee possible. shop. They were good. <laughs> But I just couldn't buy whole beans, so instead I bought the organic whole bean at Aldi. 
which is yeah, you did four forty nine a pound. A pound. A pound. All right, let's go through the list of and things. It's terrible. Let's go through the list of things that Zach currently buys from Aldi that Greg would never buy <laughs> from Aldi. Literally every shopping list. <laughs> Zach Literally shopping list. everything. Done. We don't even need to. <laughs> Greg might commit a crime if he was forced to grocery shop at Aldi. No. I could grocery shop there. I just wouldn't eat any of it. Yeah. Write oh. <laughs> <laughs> it down! I could grocery shop there. I just wouldn't eat so basically what I'm saying is that I would go there and buy stuff for other people. <laughs> you people to eat. Uh, uh, <sighs> yep. Hey, we're in John. Yeah. We're almost done. No. So how many weeks are in a year? 52. 78. One 52 weeks in a year. Thousand. Yeah, so we're almost halfway through the year. And are we're we going to make it? We're a little over halfway think, through the book. Although we'll be, these next chapters take a while. I think we'll be done with John in October. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I... End of October. It's a guess. <clears throat> Just a guess. It's been good. Just in time for us to start a six-week series on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving? <laughs> no! <laughs> I would love, like, disestablishing a new tradition in the church that is just yeah. about... Yeah. You know, we're going to celebrate our, our six-week run into St. Pat's Day. Yeah. Probably there's probably a lot more good things from Saint Patrick than there are from <laughs> Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, the Mayflower. So, <sighs> well, John. Yeah. Week number twenty-two. We're in it. I love that. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the Bible Project. Guys, they were, I was re-listening to some of that stuff this week, and uh, <clears throat> at the end of their long video, he says that some of you might try to do the whole book of John in about eight weeks, and some of you might take more than a year. And yeah. so we're kind of in the middle. Hmm. I don't know if that's average or good, but um, the, the point, the process that we keep on coming back to is that John is to be processed, and... Relationship, belief in Jesus is not just something to be told. And I, I feel like that is such an important foundation because a lot of times a foundation to Christianity is can be tell people about Jesus. And that doesn't necessarily lead to processing. And John is obviously writing something that is meant to be processed. And so we're in the thick of it. Into the thick of it! <laughs> uh-huh. Sorry, my wife has been listening to TikToks for forever and that's one of the sound bites on with TikTok. sound yeah I've, i don't guess i've never watched a tiktok I, I, it's little I little shows you a tiktok yesterday and... oh yeah i did but i don't think i wa- did i watch it oh, i did watch it with sound yeah, that one <clears> did sound was that a tiktok yeah <laughs> that song has been has been in there in the thick of it in yeah the thick i of it. Yeah. hate that song <laughs> the one i hate the most is the oh no song Oh, it just bugs the There's crud a TikTok out of with me. you and the Ono oh song on TikTok. Is it the Creek Jump? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure we talked about the Creek Jump on podcast when it happened. Oh, yeah. Because I had the video proof. I feel like we need to go back this year and I need redemption. This winter. I was thinking about winter at disc golf. There's the other no day. way in the world you'd make it. I'm totally going to make it. It's There's no happen. water there right now. No, no. I'm saying let's wait till winter happens again you missed by a lot 
Uh, it was just bad plant. That's all it was. It was a bad plant foot. You know how, why it was a bad plant? It's because it was three quarters of the way across. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I believe in myself. I don't need your belief. Okay. I'm still going to fall in, but I'm going to get closer. Wow, that was a tangent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we're going into John 14, 15, 16, 17 is this discourse that Jesus has that it's it has a handful of themes and there are uh i can appreciate paul kind of like says things in very like linear order you should talk about this you should talk about this you should talk about this and john is kind of in this moment and how jesus um, processed with his disciples in these last moments before his crucifixion he's bringing these principles principles up in like this like abstract random repetition which is often, that's how conversation goes. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that's how processing goes. You don't just process, okay, I'm going to get this principle done. Now let me get the next one done. Let me get the next one done. And so in here, uh, the principle that we're digging into today is that a recurring principle that if you know Jesus, you know God. And if you know Jesus and you know God, you've, you're, you have a relationship with God. You're in it, it, that seems like you're in seems like a uh, defaming it. <clears throat> but there's no way Jesus looks at his disciples and something can, that can maybe I'm jumping too far ahead, but a, a common scripture to say the uh, an in and out verse. <clears throat> if you know the Father, or if you know me, I'm the only way to the Father. It can be a moment of going, look at you don't know Jesus, so you're out. But rather, Jesus is looking at his disciples and, and really, in the context of all this is which is being said, which is the first time I've ever really thought about this, is that here is in a context where the disciples knew Jesus deeply. And it was a reminder that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. It's this very affirming moment of the disciples. They are questioning probably everything. Everything. At this point. Hmm. They probably don't, they have no idea what's going on. They don't understand what Jesus is saying. And so Jesus looks at them and says, guys, you know me, so you know God. Yeah. You know the Father. Like, yep. you don't have, like, almost saying you don't have to question, you don't have to carry all these questions. Like, yep. you you know, you know what's true, you know what's right, you know me, you have a relationship with me, you, you're doing it already. Like, yeah. just keep in this process, keep doing it. Yeah, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, and that, like Jesus is looking at the group of people that know him better than anybody. If you really know me, and I would be one that would, maybe that's the point of this whole conversation, is that, and it's been part of our preparation, is that if Jesus looks at me and goes, if you really know me, and he's trying to nudge me to say, and you do, I think I go, you're right. I don't know you. Hmm. Yeah, I think for me that uh, it's, I think it's easy to question and doubt and um, like our response to that is trying to learn more about God. So like, if I just know more about him, then my questions and doubts will all be solved. But Hmm. that's not what's happening with the disciples here. The disciples have these questions and doubts and Jesus is saying, 
it's not about knowing about everything that's going to go going on. It's not knowing everything about God. It's not even knowing everything about me. It's knowing me. It's having yep. a relationship with me. And in that, you're given relationship with God. Yeah, and that's where I think it, a great foundation to think about relationship and knowing somebody is to process <clears throat> experiences that have been had in the past. And I think the disciples probably had moments like normal people where they would go do you remember like ask that question that to a group of people that everybody obviously remembers the 21st night of september (laughs) that was a good reference to something that nobody gets someone's gonna get it (laughs) i got it there's gonna be a song stuck in their head for a week i'm singing in right now (laughs) (laughs) but that memory being reminded of impactful moments, moments when character has really been shown, principles really been shown, is so much more powerful than just saying, you know, boy, Jesus really liked people. That doesn't mean nearly as much as when you say, do you remember when Jesus, when we were trying to push all the kids away and Jesus was just grabbing them up and mm-hmm. hanging on to them and blessing them and yeah. asking them questions and listening to them. Specific stories, the, the power of that story carries we've talked about i mean since i've been part of the corner church world that's always been part of yeah kind of how we've been story carries a lot of power and yeah it's pretty amazing our focus and what has typically been focused on in church is the verse six and seven mostly verse six i'm the way the truth the life no one comes to the father except through me we can take that and make it really on its own and one thing that i was reading that I didn't get until this time reading through, which is amazing. You can read the book of John 10 times and not get some things. This moment that we'll go over this week in verse 3 and 4, Jesus is telling his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'll come back to take you with me. And then he tells them, you know the way to the place where I'm going. He literally says that to them. And then Thomas asks him, we don't even know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And that's from that comes this conversation of I am the way. And before he says this, he says, you know the way. Essentially, you know me. That's incredible. And Greg, you talked about it this week, but it just really sat with me yesterday and today. And I get to this point in faith where, well, what does that mean? So Jesus knows me. What does it actually mean for me to know him? Because we talk about it not being getting to know more about him. How do you actually spend time with Jesus, with God, with the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Yeah, How do you move through the anxiety of like Jesus looking around the room and he goes, you know me, you you know me. Hmm. And then he comes to you and he goes. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine that's, I mean, I'm putting words in your mouth, but I feel like that's how Zach feels. Just uh, in life always? No, no just like... Because it is how I feel in life always. But. Yeah, yeah. I just like, when I when I read this and I see God saying this to disciples, you know me. I like, yeah. I take comfort in that. Like, oh, yeah. God is speaking to people that don't fully get it, but are trying. Yeah. And yeah, he's affirming yeah. who they are in that. And so I see myself in that light. But I also feel like you're the type of person to go... But am I? Well, my my rea- my natural reaction with these kinds of things is, wow, God, you are so good. Jesus, you are so good, and you know me so well. There's no way that I can know you, though. Hmm. And I hear this hmm. 
continued invitation. He says, know me. And let it not just be knowledge, but let it be, you've, you've let down your guard to me. You've decided that um, I can come in and I can sit at the place of wherever you're most vulnerable, wherever you're most um, afraid of people seeing, like good or bad. And we, we often go to like, oh, what's the like deep, dark secret that you have? It's not that. It's, it's literally Is music like... playing from your phone? I hope not. What, what, there's music playing on my earbuds right now. His earbuds in his pocket. What I've been hearing heck? it for like the last 10 minutes oh, and I so could not figure worry. out where it was oh, going. Don't worry, people. Nobody else could hear that. <laughs> it was driving me insane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we figured yeah. it out. Sam was about to say the most beautiful thing ever. I said he's playing on your earbuds. I can't. Yeah. I couldn't help it. I yeah. waited as long as I could. Yeah. I think just that. the um, Jesus really longs for us. He really longs to meet us at our place that we feel the most vulnerable, the most afraid, the place where if we experience anything along that line of, there's no way I can know you. Um, I think about Peter after Jesus resurrects and what he must have been feeling after having disowned Jesus and being terrified of Jesus' response in similar fashion to the prodigal son returning to the father after spending all of his money well, I'll go back and at least I can be a servant because that'll be better than what I have. And to see the thought of the Father toward the Son, to see the thought of Jesus toward Peter, it's a full moment of uh, what has happened and what you've chosen has no bearing on how I'm going to interact with you. I want you to let me into that place where you feel like you have the, the greatest need, the most emotional vulnerability that you feel like you have to keep your guard up for some reason. I want that place and I'm not going to force my way in, but when you let me into that place, you will know me in a much deeper way than if you try and keep that wall up. Yeah. That's been me. Thinking about that context with Peter where Jesus comes to the shore and Jesus is cooking them breakfast and says, do you love me? Hmm. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Feed my lambs. And, hmm. and I think in that moment, you know, what... That our last dialogue question this week, surrounding all this knowing Jesus, being confident in that. What do you need to hear? What do you need to process? What do you need to remember? And I think that <clears throat> there Peter was on that shore, and uh, he goes, what do you need to hear? Uh, do, you, do you love me? And Peter needed to hear himself say, I, I do love you. Yeah. Then he needed to hear that I still trust you, being yeah. my sheep. And what did he need to process that it wasn't over? Yeah. What did he need to re- what did he need to remember is that uh, you know he's he is the rock that the church was built upon. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think that's such a great example because <clears throat> it's a moment where uh, knowing can felt like it ended, hmm. and that's how so much of life is is that you become disqualified from knowing. And uh, here. Here, there, there's, I don't know, just this gentle moment that comes through questions, but... Yeah. Yeah. Something Zach said that just stuck out to me was this, the, um, well, I guess, like, when you think about knowing God, you go, how do, well, how do I do it? Yeah. What do I do? And then, you know, you go through the process, and it's part of what we're talking about is, you know, how do you know anybody better? Hmm. It's Hmm. usually spending time with them. Okay. But then... 
so if you turn that around and Zach talked briefly about God knowing us, you can have this moment of realization that, well, how does God know us? Hmm. He's spent time with us. Even the people that don't know God or want to know God at all, he still yeah. knows them, which to me means that he's still present with them. Yeah. Uh, mm. Spending time with him, like mm. with them. And it's just like, I don't know, just like this truth that God is even working in the midst of lives of people who don't really want anything to do with them or want anything to do with mm. church, uh, that God is still present there. Mm. It is so complex because while knowing somebody or knowing God does have personal responsibility. It is not solely one-sided responsibility. And usually we feel like I'm such a failure because it's been all my all my responsibility and I'm not perfect. Which is the point. That's that's what Jesus goes, yeah. That's that's why all of this is happening because you're not perfect. But I'm India still. I'm all for you. Oh. I'm into, into you. Into you, not the country. <laughs> you said I'm India. India. <laughs> I was like, I am missing something. You can hear headphones across the room. <laughs> like, into you, not India. <laughs> I'm India. I'm India. Jesus, okay, I, I hear all India. that. All right, I get it now. <laughs> into you is better than India. <laughs> well, the key... That, again, we have to just want to encourage people to be processing is that uh, the way to God is through knowing Jesus. And Jesus is looking at us and goes, I'm so glad that we know each other. Yeah. It's good. I think it's a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. I've enjoyed it. I, I've, I've thought for the last couple of weeks, you know, we've, we've had <clears throat> conversation after each of our Sunday dialogue questions and all this stuff. I said, wow, this has really been good. And... Every week I felt like we've stepped back farther and let John really hit it out of the park. And I think that John is really getting better. So that's been kind of fun. <laughs> Finally, John, we've been waiting for your part. <laughs> we've, we've spent years trying to really create good context. And then we're just letting the text do the work. <laughs> that's great. See you guys Sunday. Bye.